Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and I'm delighted today to say that I've got an old friend on the program with me, and boy, is he ever from way out in the boonies. On the program with me is John Rodriguez. He owns J&J Charters out of Kaufman, Alaska, and that's a located on Prince of Wales Island, and he is located in the northeast corner of the island. John, how's everything in Alaska? Uh, nice and white. We're getting lots of snow today. Are you really? I, I tell you, down here in the Missouri Ozarks, it's about 60 degrees. The sun's shining. A little bit windy, but, uh, you know, I was out my short sleeves just a little while ago. I don't guess I could do that in Alaska right now, huh? <laughs> Not without some goosebumps. <laughs> Well, I've I've been getting a little of those uh, because we've been having some cool spells off and on. I was out just recently doing some goose hunting. I've been a couple of times, and, and uh, man, I've had a great time. I just hunt local ponds, local flocks of geese, and, and they're not the smartest things in the world, but they do get educated in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, we've got some good bird hunting going on right now. Me and the boys have been whacking them pretty good. Oh, I'm envious, man. You know, one of these days before I kick the bucket, I'm going to have to get back up there and do some sea duck hunting with you. Well, John, I want to kind of start from the beginning here. You and I have known each other for several years, and I've been spending, I've spent most of my morning sitting in front of my computer uh, looking up uh, video footage and photos from that trip I made up to your place uh, several years ago. I guess that's been five or six years ago now. But, uh, boy, has it ever been fun to go through all of that material again because, uh, you know, that was one of the greatest adventures of my life. Uh, there were six or eight guys uh, went up there together, and, uh, man, did we ever have a good time. We spent quite a bit of time in, in your boat, and, boy, that's where the, our, our biggest and most fish came from. We did fly fish some of the rivers, but strange phenomena took place while we was up there. Uh, I know that the island is kind of a rainforest, but the year we were up there, they were having a drought, so the rivers were pretty low, and the fish wasn't coming up the up the river good yet. So you, you really saved our trip when we went out in the boat and out in the bays with you. But, uh, John, I don't know how old you are, but I know you've been in Alaska for some time. But you're not a native of Alaska, are you? No, sir. Um, I'm not quite 50, but I'm creeping up on it. But uh, (laughs) I moved up to Alaska in 89 um, from Washington State out on the Olympic Peninsula out of a town called Sikiu. It's a pretty uh, well-fished and pretty popular place for salmon and saltwater fishing. And uh, did a lot of commercial fishing with my grandfather at a young age out of Nia Bay, Washington. And always wanted to come to Alaska and got an offer when I was 15 to come up into the Cook Inlet and Gillnet. And I've always looked young for my age and this old timer that I was going to come up and help during the peak of the season 
he was like, I don't know if he can do it. My grandfather's like, yep, he can do it. And I told that gentleman, I just wanted to go to Alaska so bad and see it because you hear about, you know, I heard from my grandfather that grew up on the peninsula of Washington and telling me how good the fishing and the hunting used to be. And I kept hearing all these stories about Alaska and just wanted to see it with my own eyes. And uh, I told that gentleman, I said, if, if I don't do the job you want me to do, uh, you don't have to pay me. Just please, sir, buy me a ticket. I just want to come see it. And I seen fishing that uh, just blew me away. I couldn't quit calling my family and telling them about the bears I was seeing and caribou and moose. And I mean, we'd set that we'd set that gill net, and before we could get to the other side of it to start pulling, it was starting to sink with salmon. Wow. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. It was short, short openers. Uh, they had a record run that year. Um, I was a young 15-year-old kid, and the guy paid me in cash. And, wow. Uh, you know, when you when you come home and you've only worked a month and a half from Alaska and you've got over $30,000 cash in your pocket as a 15-year-old kid, that kind of spoils you. I would say so, man. What a world class uh, adventure, particularly for a teenager of fifteen years old. I, I'd say you fell into it, man. But uh, you sounds like you had paid your dues working with your grandpa. But you know yourself, John. Uh, it, down here, you know, in the middle of the United States, I hear people talk about Alaska, and I know a few people that go up and stay the summers and that sort of thing. But it seems like all great outdoorsmen, people really hardcore into the outdoors, always have a dream about going to Alaska or moving to Alaska or spending some time in Alaska. And I would say that you're, a, you know, a very small fraction of 1% of people who make that big leap and move to Alaska to live and work. Yeah, it's uh, been some bumpy roads. I mean, a lot of people that come to Alaska expect, you know, big money all year round. And a lot of people come up here and, uh, you know, they move up here and they see the big money in the summer and all the daylight and everything else. And then all of a sudden winter comes and the work shut down. And if you can't manage your money, I see a lot of people getting in trouble and have to tuck tail and go back. But, uh, you know, I was very fortunate. Um with a lot of a lot of things we had our family sawmill and i got to build my own cabin and you know i pounded every nails in it we logged the timber off the property and it was uh you know i raised my two boys in that cabin you've seen it it's it's just uh it's not i mean when you're a young kid and you're trying to learn how to frame a house uh (laughs) that's uh quite the quite the adventure you know you screw up a lot more than you get stuff right but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for anything oh absolutely not what a a great adventure from many perspectives uh, it looks like and yeah i've been to your place sir and it's a charming place but an interesting thing about prince of wales island the biggest part of the island is in a a, a national forest tongas is that correct tongas tongas, tongas. national Yep. Yeah, and is it true? I've heard some uh, talk about the fact if you live there on an island, you have the right to cut so many board feet of timber off of the Tongass uh, uh, every year. Is that true? Yes, you have a personal use that you can get every year. It's uh, 10,000 board feet per person in your family, and wow. that's how I built shops. That's how I built my shops and, and kind of helped finish off my cabins. We went out and 
uh, harvested, me, my brother, and my wife at the time. So we got 30,000 board feet. And, wow. uh, you know, we were up our red cedar and, and did our siding and stuff. But we had all our framing wood already on the property, you know, our spruce and our hemlock that right. we could mill on our mill. Yeah. And, and so you guys milled all this lumber yourself then? Yes, sir. Man, yeah, you you guys must be jacks of all trades, you know. <laughs> you're you're fishermen and loggers and builders, and I, I guess that that kind of if you're going to make it in in the business, you almost have to do that sort of thing. And of course, uh, unless you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, now take it that that was not the case for you. But you may have had something better, you know. You had grandparents or parents or somebody in your life that uh, taught you how to work. And uh, having been on a trip up there with you, I saw firsthand how much work goes in to the guiding business but john uh, all those things are great stories and everything but i'm sure the listeners would be interested in knowing uh when did you actually start guiding in alaska uh, i started guiding out of Nia bay washington as soon as i got my captain's license and uh it was just trying to make some money so i could get back up to alaska and finish up so as soon as I got my captain's license, I did a little work out of Nia Bay, guiding out of Nia Bay, and then I came up to Alaska, and the commercial fishing wasn't panning out for me as well as it had in the past, and I just was tired of being away from home, and my wife at the time um, said, why don't you start a charter business? You know, you can do it. And uh, so I uh, sunk a bunch of money into a boat, had some help from my grandfather. Um, he backed me financially to kind of, you know, getting a boat and getting all the gear and getting everything to Alaska is definitely not cheap. And, uh, I started and it was a tough go. I mean, I didn't have the money to go hit the shows and do all the advertising I wanted to do. And Kaufman Cove is a really small community. So word of mouth, um, was definitely, uh, a big factor and getting people to come and return. I mean, that was, that was the two, uh, strong points in, in my business to keep it afloat. And luckily I, uh, was able to come through and had, you know, 80, 85% returns and still my returns are nice and strong. Um, so it's definitely kept me afloat. Well, you had to be doing something right to get those kinds of returns as, as quickly as as you did because you're old enough and I'm old enough. I've seen lots of people, you know, that want to go into the guiding business. And I don't know if they just don't do their homework or their research enough. And, uh, you know, a large percentage of guides wind up folding up. And I think uh, one of the primary reasons for that is what you mentioned earlier, being able to manage, you know, it's nice to make big money, but uh, – uh, hey, if you're not putting some of that back for the hard times, you're setting yourself up for failure, particularly in in the guide business. So you guys, hey, it's just hard for me to imagine all this process because I've never had really had much of an interest in being a guide because I watched lots of guides uh, struggle. And, you know, it is long, hard working hours as, too, as well uh, because you take those clients out, you know, they're having a big time you're trying to entertain them make everything as best as you can for them but they go back you know go back to the lodge or the cabins or whatever then it's fun time for them but that's sometimes when the hard work really begins for a guide because you still got you know both to clean up 
fish to clean and package and do all that sorts of thing and get things ready for the next day. So at the peak of the season, you're putting in some extremely long days. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know how many times I've come in, you know, I've had motor troubles. I mean, we live in a remote area and it's just not like we have a boat mechanic right around the corner everywhere. So I've had to swap out motors, change out lower units, um, you know, Maybe some electronics go down, and I've also got rental boats, you know, so having four boats in the water and doing that pretty much only a family-run business, I usually have one of my boys help me out and myself, and uh, it is a lot of work. I mean, processing people's fish, keeping all four boats running, uh, making sure your clients are happy and satisfied. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and I think that makes me stand out a little more. When you commercial fish... Um, you don't get paid unless you catch fish. You know, the wow. more fish you catch, right. the money you make. So when you go out on a charter boat, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, you know, hey, you should have been here last week, or, man, I'm just, uh, you know, your eight hours is up, we're heading in. If I don't feel like my clients have, you know, uh, I put in a full effort, right? Sometimes I'll be 12, 13 hours. That's not something I want to do every day, and I try not to do it every day. So I try to get out, get the fish, get back home. But I put a lot of pressure on myself, and it's kind of, if anything, it took a little fun out of what I do. I love what I do. But when you start putting that pressure on yourself day after day for, you know, three months straight during the peak of the season, it wears on you mentally. Oh. But I still enjoy it, and I still enjoy it, and I enjoy, uh, my favorite is probably family groups. Um, to when they come up and they want to experience a little of everything that our area has to offer. That way we're not just, you know, beating up one species or, um, you know, they're just full of life and want to check out everything our community and our area has to offer. And that, that's probably my favorite group. I would imagine yeah. so, but uh, hey, uh, maybe we can get into this to the second uh, segment of the program, but I know that you get people come there from all over the world because you have so much to offer, and you know, in a short program we do in an hour or so, it's going to be virtually impossible to cover all of those things, but in our next segment, we're going to hit some of those highlights. Hey, we're going to dangle the carrot uh, here, John, we're going to make some people want to come up there. Just talking to you makes me want to come up there again, you know, because I did. I had such a wonderful time up there. And I got to say, I, I, I went up really to fly fish the rivers, but uh, I wanted to spend a day out on the day or two out on the bay with you too, because it was going to be an entirely different experience. Little did I know that that was going to turn out uh, to be the grandest part of the experience because of a the low water situation in the rivers up there, but I'm so glad we met up. And uh, man, I was so impressed with your operation, your work ethic, and 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 the additional things that you taught us and showed us along the way. I mean, we took a little time out in the bay. I mean, I was impressed at how quickly we caught both salmon and halibut, and we caught some other fish species. Man, we saw whales, we saw bears, lots of bird life. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. But you need to, John, we need to take just a short break here to hear from some uh, of our today's uh, sponsors. But folks, don't go away. We haven't talked about the real exciting stuff yet, and that's a actual fishing with John Ron Rodriguez of uh, Jan J Charters out of Kaufman Cove, Alaska.
Hey everyone, Brandon Licklider here with the Marys County Bank in Cuba, Missouri. Uh, as I'm sure many of you have heard the discussion on the news around interest rates possibly going up in 2022, uh, I wanted to encourage you that this could be the perfect time to act on purchasing some of that property you've been seeking out here in the last few months. Uh, with strong products and experienced lenders, the Marys County Bank is prepared to work with you every step of the way, from pre-qualification all the way through closing day. Whether it's residential, recreational, or if you've been looking at that farm of your dreams, uh, we're here to help and, and make it as smooth and as comfortable a process as we possibly can. Um, we have several loan products, depending on property type and depending on the situation that we're, we are prepared. We're very experienced and ready to walk you through that process and make it as easy as possible. Um, in closing, feel free to give me a call at 573-885-8900. I'd be glad to help you start the process towards owning the property of your dreams. Um, the Marys County Bank is an equal housing lender and member FDIC. Welcome back to the second segment of Living in the Dream Outdoors podcast. We're so glad that you're traveling along with us today. And boy, where I wish I was up there, but uh, I'm in the Missouri Ozark, and I'm talking with John Rodriguez up in Kaufman Cove, Alaska, and he's got J&J Charters. And just so people sometimes get on me because I don't uh, give information enough or often enough in the course of the program, but John's phone number up there at his office is 907 907- three two nine two zero zero nine or you can get him on his cell phone if he's not fishing or guiding at nine oh seven six one seven five two one one and you can also check them out at jnjcharters.com well john i hope people do get a hold of you because i highly recommend your services up there in the area just incredible and uh, i came up uh in a group, there was a guy out of uh, our area here that had been up in uh, that part of Alaska several times, and he was just awfully good at running trips. And, and you're not going to believe this, but I got invited by accident. Uh, he was putting together a crew of 8, 10, 12 guys, and somehow or another, he, he sent me an email. Well, I accepted. And <laughs> I accepted the invitation. He's going, uh I didn't realize you got that email. I said, I did, and I want to go. <laughs> he said, well, I kind of have a standard crew, but uh, we'll we'll see if there's uh, an opening pops up. And luckily for me, there was an opening that came open, and that's how, that's how I got to go to Alaska. So pretty good story in itself, but, boy, am I ever glad I got to hook up up there. Now, John, we, we flew into uh, can. Is that what most of your clients do? Um, it depends on if, uh, if you fly into Ketchikan, uh, depends on your budget and your time frame. uh, depends on where you're coming in. If you fly into Ketchikan and you want to take the ferry, you have to get there, you know, before the departure, there's only one ferry to the island a uh, day. And, uh, a lot of people, <clears throat> um, don't like all that time wasted or they can't make that connecting because the ferry ride uh, it's beautiful. Some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, the ferry ride consists of three and a half hours over to the island, and then you've got about an hour and a half, um, depending on if you stop for groceries or whatever, an hour and a half to two and a half hours to get to the other side of the island, which is <laughs> the island's 192 miles long. So nice roads, great scenery. You're going to see a lot of wildlife, but you've got to drive to the other end of the island from where you come into Hollis. 
and to get to Kaufman Cove. Another route is people fly into Wrangell. Um, they catch the uh, jet boats with Breakaway Adventures. Um, the guy runs a great deal. He picks you up at the airport. He'll take you to the liquor store, the um, tackle shop, uh, the grocery store, any any stores in Wrangell you want to go to, and they'll drive you down to the boat, bomb you across. It's 52 miles, I think, from Wrangell to Costco Cove Dock. And they're really nice, long. They're like school buses. They're big jet boats <laughs> with air ride seats. Yeah, he runs it, and it's affordable. I mean, it's a, it's uh, no baggage weight. You know, no extra baggage charges. I think right now he was up to like two seventy five round trip, which wow. is a smoking deal. Sounds like uh, another way people come across is by float plane. Some people really like to check out the country from the air, and they want to do at least you know. One one float trip, uh, you know, in or out. But I recommend people coming in on a float plane if they want to just do one float plane ride because hopefully we're going to fill up a bunch of fish boxes for you and you have to pay that extra weight going back to town to go home. Right. And so if you're on the plane, and I've had gentlemen do really well on fishing, and uh, they had to actually charter another plane just to get their <laughs> fish out, and that can be quite spendy. Yeah. That, uh, one other resource that, that you can get over the island on is uh, Island Air Express. They come across. Um, you don't even have to leave the airport at Ketchikan because the airport at Ketchikan's on an island. So if you have to do any other adjoining flights, most of them, sometimes you have to get off the island by ferry and then you got to get a cab or whatever with island air express you go right to their terminal you check in they fly you right to Kowak, which is almost in the center of the island in kaufman or over on prince wales island and then you pick up your rental car and you drive to kaufman so there's different ways in you just got to kind of plan your trip i tell everybody to kind of plan their trip backwards that way they <laughs> don't miss any of the connections in alaska yeah yeah it's pretty cool well our our group well of course we landed on the island and then went over to the the mainland we stayed overnight in a motel and we we're going to take a float plane ride out the next morning well we kind of got fogged in so we were a little bit late taking off and took off in in the rain but well, we broke through the clouds and I, i'm telling you that ride on the float plane is quite an experience uh, i videoed the whole thing in fact I'm, I'm putting together a thumb drive for you now of all those experiences uh, so that you can utilize them and uh, man it's just fun to go through that material again and recall all of those adventures that we had along the way of course we went into thorn bay i think and stayed in a little lodge there and we had a great experience the lodge keeper don't remember his name but was great guy and we actually got to go out on his boats and drop some crab pots oh we ate more dungeness crab than you can imagine but we enjoyed our and of course we fished some of the local rivers there and we we had a grand time before we uh, even hooked up with you and then uh, things just got grander you know but uh, john i'd like to give uh, people an idea of the services that you provide and kind of what they can expect once they get out on that boat uh, and and you know some people People, I've never been a ocean-going person. Haven't been on big waters, and 
Of course, those are pretty good size uh, waters up there, but it's still not the open ocean. But uh, you've got a big boat to take care of uh, all your needs, and uh, of course, you provide all the equipment, and it's just a grand, grand time, particularly for a group of buddies or families or whatever that are coming up together. But from the time you get on that boat, what can you expect? Well, I, I own uh, several different uh, options for people. There's a, uh, a halibut restrictions. We can get into that later, which a lot of people choose their choice uh, of fishing style for our area. Um, I have a 28-and-a-half-foot uh, North River aluminum charter boat, which fishes six people uh, just awesomely. Um I extended four, a little over four feet of it. Um, it's got plenty of power. It's got, uh, you know, top-of-the-line gear. It's got good electronics. It's comfortable for a group of six or smaller. Uh, there's, I've got, so if you go on a charter boat, um, you'll just have to bring your lunch, rain gear, you know, your personal items. I take care of the bait, the tackle. At the end of the trip, We've got three different uh, kind of little groups or kids that uh, do the fish processing. Most of them are young adults, but uh, they do all the fish processing, and they'll bring them right to your place. You won't even have to touch a fish unless you want to take pick it up and take a picture of it. Other than that, everything's pretty much taken care of. They do have a fee. Um, I think they charge $2.00. Uh, $2 a pound. That's finished product brought to you, put in your freezer. Um, then I have uh, three rental boats, and I have two 20-foot Alaskan Luns that are open with center consoles. They're on my website if you want to take a look at them. Uh, they have color GPS and fish finders on them. They've got downriggers. They've got harpoons and, and nets and all the equipment, you know, gaff hooks, everything you're going to need for that trip. Uh I furnish some gear. It's just a basic uh, gear package. If you want to bring your own gear, that's great. I'll help you out with uh, doing that. I'm also putting out some videos to try to give people a basic rundown on gear to bring. Uh, if you do rent gear from me, there's an additional charge, depending on how many rods or how many people are going to be using the gear. Um, then I have a 22-foot craft ocean pro with a full cab it's really roomy it's a comfortable boat it it uh it'll fish four comfortably six is a little crowded but uh those are my rental boats they're all equipped with honda motors i run strictly honda and they're super efficient they're quiet and uh you know, they just don't burn much in fuel. So, <laughs> Hey, that's pretty important these days with the price of fuel. But I'd like to comment, John, on, on the equipment situation. It was pretty interesting. You know, uh, my first trip up there, I didn't know exactly what to take, but I did some research. And, you know, the salmon, I, I think the salmon we, we caught out, out in the bays, we got very lucky because they kind of stacked up, I guess, in the bays, getting ready to run up the rivers. They were just waiting on a rain. But I took like a seven-foot. Uh, kind of medium heavy rod 
a big spinning reel on it equipped with a fairly heavy line. But uh, with the baits we were using, if I remember right, we were throwing some really big MEP spinners, but I quickly discovered that I could cast further than anybody else on that boat because of the equipment I had, and it gave me a great advantage because I, I would try to cast clear the other side of a pot of fish and brought that big spinner through. I was getting hit every cast, and I literally, what was the limit? I think it was a six salmon at the time. and uh, Yeah, six silvers. Yeah, and it took me... 18 minutes to catch those six fish and get them in the boat. And then, of course, I traded my rod for a video camera and started videoing the other guys. But I almost had a war on that boat because everybody wanted to use my rod then. If I'd been as smart, I would have I rented it out to them. <laughs> but they yeah, you should have just told them it was all technique. You should have just told them it was all technique. You can't, you can't, uh, you're being too humble there, you know. Yeah, well, uh, at least my research paid off because I, I did take the right equipment and had a great time. But I think that rod went through all the other hands on the boat because some of the guys just couldn't cast uh, far enough to to get to the pods and there i was able to cast clear to the other side of them and that gave me a huge advantage but what fun you know i mean it, how how great can it be to be the first guy on a boat to catch a limit you know you, you kind of get to rub their face in it for the next few days you know <laughs> oh yeah oh, yeah all, all part of the fun well let's talk about the the halibut fishing that's a different story altogether and i was just amazed at how that whole process worked i remember uh in fact, uh, looking at the photos today of the trip, one of the first things we did, we went out and started catching little fish. What were they for bait? Uh, we caught, well, we, we caught the herring. Um, you know, we try to jig the herring up. Yeah. I, I really find that, that that fresh bait is uh, stays on the hook way better. It's got a nice smell to it. Um, if you smell them, uh, they smell like a skin, like peeling a cucumber. Huh. And you got that bitter skitter pungent smell to them and those halibut really key in on that yeah well it was great, um, great fun just taking those uh, lines you had as rods i don't know how many jigs you had over we were pulling those little fish eight ten twelve at a time in on one line you know so we we stacked up a bunch of bait in a hurry but describe to oh, her yeah. yeah describe to our listeners though how you go about halibut fishing well like uh the day starts out by um, heading out, and we we uh, start off most of the time by jigging bait. Um, not always, but sometimes. And uh, we'll spend 30 minutes or so jigging some bait, and I will pick uh, different spots to uh, set up and anchor sometimes, and or we'll sometimes we drift it depending on the group. But uh, we'll set up and we'll get everybody situated with their own rod and. Uh, get them all geared up and drop down everybody can only catch and retain one halibut um on the boat and uh on the charter boat it's a, a restriction so um it's not like the rental boat so you're on a you're stuck to a size limit and that changes yearly uh-huh. and you, but you don't you don't have to keep you don't have to keep any fish i mean I, I want you to be happy with what you catch so if you don't like the fish you got or you want to try for something different then we let that fish go unharmed and and you know you got another opportunity to bring in something different um no one sits down on the boat um i mean i mean I, like when i say sitting down i mean i don't put you okay you caught your halibut and now you got to put your pole away and sit down. I, I don't do that to anybody. I let them 
you know, they can catch more halibut and release them. I just go to a circle hook so I'm not killing a fish. Right. Or, uh, you know, they can try for cod. We can try a little different rig, and they can go for some cod instead of a halibut. But I want everybody to have a full fishing experience when they go out. Well, I tell and, you, you, uh, you wore us out that halibut fishing. You're fishing pretty deep with a big lead anchor, and it, I tell you, you, better pump some iron before you go up there. For, you're cranking a big uh, halibut up from I don't know how fish were we deeping fishing 200 feet. Yeah, deep. we were fishing. Yeah, we were fishing 250 to 300 <laughs> mostly. Um, yeah, so it's it's a lot of cranking. Uh, you know, you got to come up and try doing a squid fishing charter with me. It's a lot lighter gear, but we go out at night and. Uh, you might be dropping down 900 to 1100 feet wow and it and there's no pumping you just got a reel so your forearms are burning i would imagine (laughs) it's another thing i'm starting to offer so we go out at night and we squid fish and then when the sun comes up at about three four o'clock in the morning we start king salmon fishing for a little bit and then come in Oh, sounds like a great way to spend a night in Alaska. But we caught some other species of fish and critters, too. Somebody caught a skate on the board uh, that I remember, and I, a couple little sharks caught. I didn't realize there were sharks uh, in Alaska. But the funniest fish of all was an ugly little fish, brilliantly colored, that uh, somebody re- referred to as a mother-in-law fish. And I have to tell you, John, I got myself in trouble at a presentation I was doing, and I popped that fish up on the screen, and everybody on and on you know what a a scary funny looking creature and i called it a mother-in-law fish and a lady cornered me after that uh, presentation was over she said you know that wasn't a very nice thing to say about that fish (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know if i want to go into that story people might uh, kick out of it or not but my ex-mother-in-law had a big mouth and she was super annoying so when we catch them uh, I kind of I was going through my divorce at the time, and yeah. uh, that's the first thing that come come to my mind is, oh man, it's another mother-in-law fish, and it it stuck because I've had people come up that have never fished with me before, but they fished with other people and they fished out of California, and this gentleman had never fished with me before. First time I'd ever met him, and the first fish he catches is a sculpin. You know, it's just this big bullhead, big head, not much meat, right. and fills uh, it up. And he's like, oh, I got a mother-in-law. And I'm like, where have you heard that? He's like, oh, my buddy's down in California calling that. And I just started dying laughing. I thought that was priceless. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, but what great stories. Hey, John, we need to take another short break here. But, folks, regardless of what you're doing, driving down the highway from work, carrying in the groceries, uh, be sure and just hang on a few seconds here, and we'll be right back. Well, it's giveaway time here at Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. This is our first giveaway for the new year, 2022. Hey, we gave away some great items in 2021. We're going to continue that in 2022 as well. And coming up this week in just a few minutes, going to be drawing for a $100 Academy gift card for all you outdoorsmen. That's a great gift that you can take and pick up some of your favorite outdoor products right there at academy great great place i spend way too much money there 
<laughs> but love going in there. But uh, like to remind you of all the Living a Dream Outdoor podcast sponsors that have made these giveaways possible. And be sure and use these businesses whenever you can. At the top of the list of the Living Dream Outdoor properties, that's uh, Daryl Hyman's outfit. Uh, they're stationed over at Cuba, Missouri, but reach across several states in the Midwest. The Fly Rod Journals. Smokerbuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Boat Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzal Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, Rich's Famous Burgers, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinker and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, and a new one, J&J Charters and Kaufman Cove Alaska. How about that? But, hey, we've got uh, the giveaway to do. We've got a number of names in the hat, and I'd like to remind you, this is such an easy thing to do to get in or just go to the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast and uh, like the page and then just simply type your name in the comments section, and that will automatically enter you into the drawing. Now, uh, this giveaway we're going to do in a few minutes for the $100 uh, Academy gift card is the last uh, gift card we'll be giving away this season, but in the next few coming weeks, we're going to have gift cards available that you can take to businesses, including Smoker Builder, Cowtown, uh, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Hoosall Valley, Pico Lures, Devil Backbone Outfitters, the Fallen Outdoors, and Lead Coat Sinker and Lure Company. So there's going to be some great, great uh, prizes there to be given away yet. And we will be giving away uh, also a gift certificate to J&J Charters in Kaufman Cove, Alaska. And uh, John Rodriguez up there is going to give quite a discount on a fishing trip to Alaska. So we'll be talking about that in uh, the weeks to come. So be sure and listen up for that, and you can have a chance to win uh, hey, a little discount to go fishing in Alaska. And I've fished with John. Great fun up there. Man, we caught some huge salmon as well as halibut out in the bays. Just had a wonderful time with John. I can't wait to get back up there myself. Hey, but 2021, looking back, boy, COVID kind of put the hurt on a lot of us, but uh, uh We've come through pretty well, and some great things happened in 2021. Looking forward to a lot of outdoor fun in 2022 as well. But real quick, like I wanted to mention that back in the middle of December, uh, a bipartisan bill provided funding for CWD research and management. That's chronic wasting disease. And all of us are hunters, deer hunters in particular, are familiar with it and what it has done to a lot of deer herds across the country. Uh, chronic wasting disease is an always fatal neurological disease that affects members of the cervid family. And that includes white-tailed deer, mule deer, moose, and elk. This horrible disease continues to spread across North America. Concerned wildlife enthusiasts should be happy to know that the U.S. House of Representatives passed H.R. 5608, the Chronic Wasting Disease Research and Management Act, to provide additional funding for researching and combating CWD. When you dig in and look at CW management across the country, you can see the benefits or ramifications to selected styles of dealing with the disease. Take Illinois, for example. CWD was discovered in Illinois in 2002, but you don't hear a lot about the disease there. 
To date, they have discovered 1,165 positives from a sample size of 141,000. The reason Illinois has been able to keep the disease at bay is largely because of a strong targeted surveillance program that attacks the disease where it is known to be, which requires aggressive culling. On the other hand, Wisconsin is a disaster. Also discovered there in 2002, CWT has spread like wildfire because one of the worst Natural Resources Administration decisions in modern times was to basically do nothing about the disease and let it spread. They now have CWD in more than 50 counties with areas where 50% of bucks harvested are infected. So far in 2021, out of 6,300 deer tested in Wisconsin, 661 have been positive. Thankfully, citizens made a change in political leadership and regulation changes are being made. But that uh, genie is going to be real tough to put back in the bottle. Other states continue to learn from Wisconsin's mistakes. The Congressional Sportsman's Foundation has been at the forefront of CW. Lead legislation for years. The foundation has taken a policy lead working to develop legislation to combat CWD. They have been a a facilitator of experts, hunting conservation groups, wildlife science professionals, and vested stakeholders. Now behind the leadership of the Congressional Sportsman's Caucus, lawmakers have helped secure a big win for wildlife. According to a Foundation press release, the Chronic Wasting Disease Research and Management Act authorizes $70 million annually from fiscal year 2022 to fiscal year 2028 to be split evenly between CWD research and management efforts. Of this, $35 million will be dedicated annually to develop testing methods, enhance detection efforts, and to better understand genetic resistance, among other things. The remaining $35 million will prioritize funding for state and tribal uh, wildlife agencies that have the highest incidence of CWD are demonstrating the most significant commitments to combating it and are facing the greatest risk of new CWD cases and then more. So we are to applaud, boy, our U.S. legislature. Some great things because uh, we all know what whitetail hunting means to us in the state of Missouri and across the nations. It's a resource that brings tens of millions of dollars into our state each year and besides that we all love deer hunting and many of you like me love that venison <clears throat> well it's time for the drawing uh let me see let me knock the names around in a hat a little bit here and pull out a name it looks like it's conway anybody know a conway he's down from oh conway 80. He's down uh, from around Licking, Missouri, and Conway's a young youngster, a young fellow. Uh, congratulations to him for getting entered, and he's quite a little outdoorsman. Now, I understand I've uh, seen some somewhere this week. I don't know if it's Facebook or some social media. Uh, Conway's learning to tie his own jigs, and he's actually, uh, I think, working on some molds to pour his own plastics. And I saw a picture of a hair jig the other day he tied with... Uh, foxtail squirrel uh, and i don't know if he saw my jig somewhere but i do the same thing i take a eighth ounce jig head or smaller sometimes and put foxtail squirrel hair on it tie it on uh, and make it long enough to be about a half an inch longer than the hook and then at the head of that jig i tie on 
some fuzzy uh, raccoon hair. And boy, those make great trout and smallmouth fishing jigs on our Ozark stream. So good luck to Conway. He has won a $100 gift certificate that we will get to him. It's from Academy, and I'll have to get to him and mail that uh, mail that to him. And I'm, I'm sure he'll be tickled to death. He'll probably spend his whole 100 bucks on fly tying material or jig tying material. That's that's quite all right. But, again, the way you can enter, just get on our Facebook page, Living in the Dream Outdoor podcast, like the page, and type your name in, and you are automatically entered into the drawing. Now, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, uh, we'll be giving away primarily uh, certificates for products from a variety of companies that support us as sponsors and once again utilize those businesses well it's time to move on for more living the dream outdoors podcast but we're glad that you're following along with us tell all your hunting and fishing buddies about us and occasionally we talk about hiking backpacking all the other outdoor topics as well i'm bill cooper wishing you a very merry new year Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I've enjoyed putting it together. Been talking with John Rodriguez up in Kaufman Cove, Alaska. He's got J&J charters up there and been in business for quite some time. And I've actually been up there and fished with John for several days. And i got to tell you, this guy can put you on the fish. But, John, I do understand, you know, you offer several uh, options when you come up there to fish. But kind of a combo trip is a highly recommended thing to do. And that's that's kind of what we did. And I'm so glad we did because we got so many more experiences in. You know, you can come up and fish for the same species the same way day after day but i think you're kind of shortchanging yourself as you do that because you've got so much to offer up there in that area yeah we've got some great trout fishing salmon fishing in the rivers but uh you know just for this do it the self-guide uh that wants to do all the guiding himself that's great i totally respect that but if they i find a lot of people go out with that mentality and they come up and they're like, man, we're not catching the fish. And I've already got my charter boat booked for the week. They didn't reserve any of that time. And I'm, I'm really trying to um, promote people um, going with me on the first day on a charter. That way you see the presentation, you see the bait, you see the tackle, you see the area we're fishing and the bottoms we're fishing and the structure and and just the depths, the speeds, everything with salmon, halibut, all of it. It's just an educational trip. Oh, and then when they go out on their own the rest of that week, they are so much more productive. There's several other small little businesses in our community, and they have a certain changeover day, and they're starting to figure that out too because they don't want the pressure of their clients coming up here and saying, man, there's no fish, we can't catch them, or we don't know how to catch them. You know, we thought this is Alaska. They just jump in the boat. Well, that's not the case. We've got great fishing, but you still need to know the area, you know, the location and, and the structure you're going to be fishing. And so a lot of these lodges are booking a one-day trip with me that have that offer, um, you know, self-guided stuff. They don't do any guiding. And then their clients are so much more productive the whole week. Yeah, so, well, um, I, I've been highly recommended. Every time someone's like, "Hey, you've never been to our area," 
um, one safety issue. You don't know the water. You don't know the structure. There's rocks everywhere. Um, you know, I'll show you some safe places to go, um, close, far, whatever you want, um, with your boating experience and whatever you feel comfortable with. And I want, I, I don't want any complaints from any of my clients except, man, we got too much fish. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the only complaint I ever want to hear from anybody. You know, that, man, we had to carry back, we had to buy another freezer or, you know, or yeah. something like that. I don't <laughs> want to ever feel like, because I travel a lot and I go, I'm getting ready to go to Panama right now. And, uh, you know, I travel around a bunch and I want everybody to treat me like I treat people when they come here. You know, I want to kind of, I want to hold, you know, make sure they get the experience they're looking for, um, and accomplish some of their goals they were looking at trying to do while they were here. And just like me, you know, I'm, and I'm putting out a, I got a, a YouTube channel now that I'm putting out. And, uh, most of my YouTube channel is about education, education on what to bring to our area for fish and freshwater. And then I've got another video on, what to put and what to bring and what to expect on a saltwater trip. Um, even doing a little bit of hunting equipment and, uh, you know, clothing and apparel and just something that I would really recommend for our area to hunt or fish. And then I've also thrown in some recipes cause I'm, I'm a firm <laughs> believer of eating out of your freezer. You know, you I betcha. mean, you betcha. That's well, one of my love. Yeah, well, John, that's I'll, one of my logos. Yeah, is uh, whack them and stack them and know where your meat comes from. <laughs> you betcha. Well, John, I can vouch for you, man. Uh, you were talking about service earlier. Uh, it, it was just an incredible trip that we had up there, and you had every base covered things that I wouldn't even imagine. But putting out these videos, people are just hungry for information, and uh, I know how important it is, you know, to to bring the right things pack the right things and be ready for the experience and i've seen it happen so many times here right here in the missouri ozarks people come out you know for the summer uh to camp and to float and fish and all that sort of thing and they come so ill-equipped and a lot of times you know these are paid vacations people are off work for a week or two and they got their families and they come out and they're ill-prepared and even food i'm glad you mentioned food because a lot of people come out want to eat hot dogs and marshmallows for a week you know you do that you're going to turn green somebody's going to get sick in the process and what does that do it destroys a family vacation. And also, I'd, I'd like to quickly hit on the, the fact of uh, about hiring a guide. You know, I've traveled quite a bit in my lifetime in the outdoor communications business. I go on a lot of media trips. And I can't imagine going to even a lake, you know, here in the United States to bass fish, for example, for the first time without having a guide you know, because you look at a body of water that's several thousand acres, and you know, fishermen, we know that ten percent of or ninety percent of the fish found in ten percent of the water most often. You know, but guides can save you light years of time and frustration, and I see it every year. Uh, people go and stay for a week, and they fish and don't hire a guide, and at the end of the week. Uh, they're not only wore out, they're aggravated, and that doesn't leave good memories for them. But hire that guide, spend that money, get your education, have a whole lot more fun. And I'll tell you what, down the road, you're going to be showing the pictures of people about your vacation and the, the fish that you caught. But congratulations on the YouTube channel, man. That's a, a grand idea. And, uh, John, how how can people find those videos? Uh 
a client of mine named it. I didn't name it, but uh, the gentleman's put them together, which he's doing an awesome job. And uh, it, it's named the Alaskan Savage okay. is the name of the channel. And, uh, man, if anybody gets on there and they want to throw me a comment or something else they'd like to see of our area, I'll try to do one for them. I mean, I'm trying to help people out so they can see a lot of the area. But I'd appreciate it if they'd subscribe and, and share it and, and definitely hit the like button. Yeah, I want them to watch because here probably in the next uh, few days I'm going to be sending you out uh, all of the photos and the videos I took on the trip that I was up there. And, boy, I took a lot of stuff. They can take a look at that float plane ride and see the grandeur of the Alaskan landscape, you know, as they're flying into uh, Kaufman Cove there. Plus, I got uh, videos of us catching salmon in the rivers. One guy, you know, walked a salmon man down waterfalls, and I thought, oh, he's never going to land that fish but he did and then we've got uh, of course the videos of the halibut and the salmon out on your boat people can look at that that video and see how you operate and man you are death on detail and doesn't take people long to figure that out i mean regardless of what question we ask what problem we have with rigging uh, i did not hear one single complaint from our group about uh, that trip with you and and i I just highly recommend what you what you do there, and I encourage people to uh, hey get on your website, check your YouTube channel, and if that doesn't convince you to come to Alaska, uh, man, something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Bill. I try. I want everybody to have a good time when they come up here and uh, fill most of their expectations. You bet. You bet. Well, I'm John, I want to make a little announcement here. I'm, I'm happy to announce, very pleased to announce that you're our latest and newest uh, sponsor. And we've got a little uh, surprise here. You know, I've been giving away uh, gift certificates. Our program airs every two weeks, and we give away a, a gift certificate. But you have agreed to, man, uh, provide quite a prize here. And I'm going to announce this weeks ahead of time and give people an opportunity to, to register uh, for this gift certificate, but it's going to amount to $500 uh, gift certificate that can be used towards a booking with you. Now, I'm going to let you explain that uh, that booking and what's uh, required of the individual that wins the certificate so we get it all right. What's it going to involve? Well, it'll involve, uh, it'll have to be in June, uh, any time in June. Uh that that'd be the only qualifications, and it'll have to be this year of 2022. Those bookings, and it can be a combination of you know lodging, freshwater, saltwater, uh, self-guided, guided trips, any kind of package. Uh, I'll knock a total of 500 off of your uh, gross of your bill. There, there, um, there you go. But you will need three people in that group, correct? Yes, it's a minimum of three. Okay. But so if yep. uh, guys are coming and they want to uh, kind of divvy up that little $500, I, was like, I guess that'll be okay, too. But, man, that, that's a good incentive to, uh, to uh, hop on board a plane, fly to Alaska, and have one of the grandest adventures of your lifetime. Well, John, kind of in closing here, buddy, uh, wow, what do you want to say to folks Uh Last thing I'll do is give them phone numbers and contact info. But uh, what's your what's your biggest draw up there? Why should they come and fish with John Rodriguez? 
Well, we have a beautiful area and a really friendly community. Um, our community is a small logging town, and if you're wanting to get away from the hustle and bustle of, you know, big communities in Alaska, Ketchikan, you know, stuff like that, you want something more rural, and you want to get away from crowds, and you want to just experience what southeast Alaska has to offer, um, our island is awesome. Uh, there's 192-mile-long island, third-largest island in the nation, and got great road systems it's got phenomenal hunting and fishing and if you come with me i will try to point you in all the right directions either guided or unguided to meet most of your expectations uh, like i said i've got about an 80 to 85 percent return so i think i'm doing something right absolutely and uh i just uh i treat people like i want to be treated when i go on a trip and you know, i try to go out and venture out and see some of the world and and uh, there's not there's not anybody that's really you know going to cut you down or uh, you know say hey well you go go find your own fishing holes you you ask anybody <laughs> at the dock in our community they'll point you in a friendly direction I don't even know how many people that have been at the dock struggling not even my clients and I've just handed them gear and say hey you lose it you owe me you know you got to replace right. it. Right, but here you go. This is how you rig it up. Go back out there, and try it again, and I'll point them in a spot. And and man, they come back with a mess of fish, and they're like, "Man, we we weren't we were so close to doing what you were doing, but those little tricks you taught us <laughs> it made all the difference in the world." So uh, I just I just like to see people having fun and catching fish and and eating what they catch. You know, just living life. Life's short, and oh, it's nice to see. It's nice to see family and friends coming up, and everybody's taking pictures of the dock and just uh, loving the experience, and uh, that's what I live for. And so I like to see people doing that myself. You bet. And, man, have you ever done a grand job of it? And uh, you you brought up a subject there that I've kind of wanted to close out with. Be sure and bring cameras and bring more than one camera, you know, because they do get wet or different things can happen. Make sure you got plenty of batteries because you're going to want to take dozens and dozens of photographs, particularly if you catch those nice big fish. And besides that, John, I've, I'm sending you photographs. I've got pictures of black-tailed deer, I think some bears, whales, seals, you know, eagles. Uh, for the photographer, this is, uh, boy, just a mecca, a place to be able to get some good photographs of uh, fish and wildlife. And, man. Yeah, the, the, drones, the drones are really coming into into play here i've had four drones on my boat this year and really uh now that i've extended the back deck i've got lots of landing room and uh those drone videos and footage are phenomenal oh they they are i used to have a drone i had a great big heavy boxy one years ago and uh I kind of dream of getting another one, but just hadn't gotten into it to so much smaller and so much easier to operate these days. But there you go. If you got a drone, bring it too. Well, John, man, also, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Bill. Uh, I just I also got mounts on the boat in different spots for people to hook up their GoPros. So awesome. if they want to put GoPros on the boat and run them, I might have one there too. They're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is awesome, but you do want to record those memories. Well, John, if people want to get a hold of you, they can call your office at 907-329-2009 or try that cell phone at 907-617-5211. 
or you can go to jandjcharters.com or get on YouTube and check out the Alaskan Savage. Folks, from myself and John Rodriguez, hey, we both are living our outdoor dreams, and I think John is truly living his outdoor dream and has for most of his life. But we, too, want to encourage you to get outdoors and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper, and this has been Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bowfishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.